Well, good evening. We are thankful for your attendance this evening, as we said this morning, to begin our lesson. Even though it may be a time of mourning and a time of loss for our congregation, we're thankful for the opportunity to be together today. We're thankful, as we said this morning, certainly that we had several who were returning to be with us, several who were sick that were able to be back out. I talked to Miss Evelyn after services this morning. She said she thought it had been about January for her, so almost eight months for her, and we have others who have been able to be back with us. We're thankful that uh, Cliff and Suzanne are able to be with us this evening and able to see them again. And uh, As always, we hope that you understand that uh, uh, there is encouragement by being here together. Um, there is a time as we come together in a way, in a sense, that we were here to worship God. Obviously, first and foremost, give praises unto Him. But one of the benefits of it, one of the reasons God wants us to be here as often as we can, as much as we can, is the, the encouragement that we get from encouraging one another, even in worship, but yes, even in just our fun and fellowship, the time we can spend together as well. Tonight we're going to be taking a look at our one-word study and continuing on with that. Uh, we have been for the last few week, weeks in a study of Christian character. Uh, I believe that there were five words that we began with that were considered sort of big picture words. And then there were nine uh, Christian character words. So it'll take us through the rest of the year, God willing, that we'll be able to be together and into next year that we're thinking a little bit about ourselves as we sang just a moment ago, and I appreciate Charles always uh, doing his best, as many of our song leaders do, to pick out songs that go along with the lesson, but each day I'll do a golden deed. When we think about this idea of kindness, and even as the title of that song is, A Beautiful Life, there are things that we can do. We can't cure everything in the world. We can't prevent all the trouble that sometimes we face, but, but we can sort of, as we sometimes say, brighten our own little street corner, the street corner on which we live. We can do little things every day. And what's interesting about this idea of kindness is something that doesn't really cost you a whole lot. Maybe again, as we said this morning, everyone doesn't agree with everything the Bible says. Everyone doesn't practice Christianity, but just about everyone has an opportunity to be kind in fact, what's interesting is, as we think about this word in a world of what we see on the news a lot, partisan politics, war, anxiety, broken homes, all the different things that we face, and the list could go on and on, disease and sickness, so many things that not only Christians face, but again, the world faces of all of that. We are sometimes in desperate need of kindness. We're not here tonight to, to bash the media or to get into that, but yeah, it seems like a lot of times what we see is the negativity. It seems like what gets the attention are the protests and the people who are arguing and bickering back and forth, and there are certainly certain media outlets or news channels that would make uh, lots of money off of all day just arguing, but we need a world that has kindness, and, and it doesn't take being a Christian just to be kind. We're going to kind of talk about that idea uh, off and on tonight through the lesson but we as Christians certainly have an opportunity to show kindness. And tonight we want to think about this idea from the Word of God. First of all, tonight we think about the, the Hebrew, the Old Testament, as we usually do. Without a doubt, one of the most recognizable words in the Old Testament is this Hebrew word, hesed. Uh, and it is used and appears in the Old Testament about 250 times. Now, I'm not a scholar, didn't have the time to, to go into a deep study, but my understanding as I've heard it and been told is there's only one other word, the word covenant, I believe, that may be used more in the Old Testament in the Hebrew language, but it appears some 250 
times. This idea of kindness. It's also translated mercy. We've talked about mercy before in the last few months. And as well, uh, loving kindness. What's interesting is the power of the word is that our God has always desired a people who can be recipients of his hesed, his kindness. In fact, 42 times of those 250, 42 times specifically the Old Testament states that God's kindness, his loving kindness, his hesed goes on and endures forever. So it's a, a concept that is almost synonymous, if you will, with God. As some other characteristics are, as we think about who he is and his characteristics, and try to take that and apply it to our life and make it our characteristics, 42 times it mentions God's kindness endures forever. It really creates sometimes this dilemma that the world goes back and forth with, that there is an all-loving, all-knowing God, but he also allows people to suffer, which we don't match up with kindness but he does his kindness endures forever when we go over to the new testament there are a few different words that are used we'll get to the one in your outline in just a moment if you have your bible you might notice first acts chapter 9 and verse number 36 the first couple of words are used in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9 and verse 36, you may recall, is the story or the account of Dorcas or Tabitha as she dies. And as the people there are mourning for her, the other widows are mourning. They're holding their coats for Peter to see. They're bothered because she has died. She has passed away. We see this word agathos. It is used in Acts 9, 36 to describe her works. That she had agathos or agathos works, good works. And we see that in her character there in, in verse number 36. We see it in the way that people reacted to her death, that she had these good works. Again, a, a word that can sometimes be translated as kindness. The second word you'll recognize, philanthropia, it's in Acts chapter 28 and verse number 2 is one place that it's used. Acts 28 and verse number 2. You recall there that after Paul has gone through many of his trials, he's been on defense, set on the defense several times, explaining who he is and the way he's lived. He then becomes shipwrecked on the island of Malta. Or at Malta there. And in verse number 2, the Bible says, depending on the version that you're looking at, that the natives or the barbarians, again, depending on the version, showed him or showed them who were shipwrecked upon the shore unusual philanthropia or no little philanthropia. The idea, of course, we understand from our word is philanthropist, someone who would be doing good or showing benevolence toward others and this is what those folks did these natives when Paul and his companions were shipwrecked the more popular word though that we find in the New Testament and the one that's in your outline there is the word hrastos it is translated kindness or gracious or goodness and we're going to come to a few passages uh, in just a moment where that is used as we make some application to ourselves tonight but all of these are sort of the idea of good or benevolent, showing benevolence towards other or others, or certainly the idea that we're talking about tonight of 
kindness. Let's talk about a few other verses. Uh, a few verses, and there'll be one particular in your outline. First of all, Ruth chapter 2 in verse number 20. As we have recently talked about the book of Ruth, we're familiar with that account and what takes place there. But you may recall in verse number 20 that Naomi says to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, this man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. This is, of course, as we just talked about a few weeks ago, one of the great narratives in scripture that presents to us a picture of devotion in the life of Naomi and Ruth. This passage here, Ruth 2.20, shows both the power and the importance of kindness toward others. You recall here, of course, that Boaz there uh, and, and instructs his workers to leave more uh, as Naomi and Ruth are going to be gleaning from the field so that they would have some things as they did not have a male representative at this time in their life. And he shows them kindness. God shows them kindness. And this is one of the Old Testament words that we were looking at just a few moments ago. The one that's in your outline is Proverbs chapter 31 and verse number 26. Now, many of you are familiar with Proverbs 31 because we call that the passage that talks about the virtuous woman or the virtuous wife. And so when we come to verse number 26, I usually read from the New King James, says she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. The law of kindness. When we think about a virtuous woman, a worthy woman, part of her life is going to be kindness. Kindness is exemplified when we see that type of woman. Many of us spend time looking for that type of woman to become our wife. Some folks here will be one day or maybe currently. But as we think about the woman that is explained here, that there is a there are different types of attitudes, different type of characteristics that are exemplified and one of those here in this woman is the idea of kindness one more passage again one that you may be familiar with but Micah chapter 6 and verse number 8 Micah chapter 6 and verse number 8 he has shown you O man what is good and what does the Lord require of you three things that we know but to do justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Again, we're thinking about this idea of something that is kind or having kindness. You may have, depending on the version you're looking at there, to love loving kindness. To do mercy, or excuse me, to do justly, and to love loving kindness or kindness. And to walk humbly with your God. We see many different pictures in the Old Testament. Many different people that would exemplify that. As I said earlier, you don't have to go very far. It doesn't, it's not something that people necessarily have to work at or scratch their head at to try to understand what it means to be kind to somebody. And we're going to end in just a few moments with a quote that sort of brings that back to our forethought. But, but yet we understand that. But are we practicing that? Would we be listed in a group of people from the Bible and others that people know of who exemplify kindness in their lives? Let's think about a few different applications tonight, and the lesson will be yours. First of all, Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 29 through 32. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Let's talk for a moment about building others up. Building others up. In recent years, and maybe if, as you catch the news from time to time, 
you notice that often the news likes to cover the demolition of certain buildings, motels, stadiums, bridges, and usually that's a, that's a pretty important affair. Everyone gets their cameras there to catch something like that, even when they don't go well. Some of you may remember the Georgia Dome uh, just two years ago was imploded uh, to make room for the new stadium, and when they did, part of it didn't come down. The old Pontiac Silver Dome in Detroit where the Lions played for some, some time as they tried to implode it, it took twice to try to bring it down. They weren't, everything wasn't set up just perfectly, but it's pretty amazing sometimes when it does happen correctly to watch something that large come down, implode. And it's a tremendous reminder of a very basic principle in life. It does not take nearly as long to destroy as it does to build. We get a real life example of that every summer here at the Saudi Church of Christ. Many of you aren't here in that week of June where Missy and many of her cohorts there spend a week or more putting everything in this auditorium, making it look so beautiful and wonderful for our vacation Bible school. And then some of you are staying around afterwards when it takes about 10 minutes or less for everybody just to bring everything down and get it put back again in storage until the next year. It's almost a moment where we're all going, maybe not, not yet. Don't let's enjoy just a few more minutes because it takes so long to build something up and just seconds or moments to tear it down. Application is easy to see here when we think about our own life. The same thing happens with us in the idea of the church and even our relationships. God desires for the church to be in the people building business. In Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse number 29, Paul says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Paul here reminds us that God desires for the church to be in the people building business. And he reminds us that in that way, there is a very important emphasis upon our words and our actions. If we are going to build up people, become more like Jesus, we must watch our words and take note of our action. Not only that, in this passage, Paul goes on to then list some things that we need to avoid. If we're going to do these good things, we also need to avoid the negative things in our life. He's very clear, get rid of these things that will cause trouble. Get rid of certain actions and attitudes. And after listing those things there in verse number 31, these things that are be put away, Paul states three positive actions. Those are very simply, to be kind, to be tender-hearted, and to be forgiving. Oop, went too far, excuse me. There we go. Be kind, be tender-hearted, to be forgiving. These are the things that if we add them to our lives will cause us to be people builders. They will allow us to be more like Jesus. Notice again at the end of verse number 32, we do these things even as God in Christ forgave you. We talk about this a lot, but it is a reciprocal action that we look at what God did for us and then we show that to others. The first virtue here, be kind, means to be good or gentle. The truth is, people can make us tired, angry, and disappointed sometimes. So why should we be kind? Well, again, most of the world recognizes it's the right thing to do, even if they don't do it. 
But it also helps us to understand the depth of God's kindness with us. When we think about the fact that we are sinners or have been sinners, we may be trying to live as saints now, doing what's right, but we stood in need of God's mercy and his kindness. He showed that to us in Christ as we were forgiven. When we are kind to the unkind, when we do right even though we've been done wrong, we are doing what God does every single second in every single minute of every single hour of every single day. We can get a glimpse and mirror that for the world when we are kind and tender-hearted and forgiving. If we really want to exemplify Christ, we need to be in the people-building business. We need to build others up and not tear them down. And by the way, simply go home and try to find a video of an implosion and you'll be reminded about how easy it is to bring others down in just seconds, in just moments with the wrong word or the wrong action. Some people spend a lifetime, years, trying to get back what they lost by, from a brother or a sister or a mother or a father or a child because of one short moment, one bit of implosion, and it can cause troubles. May we be building others up and not tearing them down. The second passage is Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12, as we think about our spiritual garments, for uh, as many years as I can remember, I've heard preachers say, as you have, that you can tell a lot by a person by the way that they dress. Whether it's a soldier or a nurse or a baseball player or a football player, each one wears a uniform that reflects something that they do, their role in society. It may not be everything that encompasses their life, but we can tell something about how they spend most of their time, possibly by how they dress. Spiritually, children of God are to dress to match our new identity in Jesus Christ. Now, what's interesting, I think, as I was considering this particular passage is we had the lesson recently on modesty. We've talked about our physical dress, and I, I firmly believe that is important, that our physical dress should match the fact that we are in Christ, that we are a Christian. But at the same time, part of what Paul is talking about here is our spiritual dress. The idea that those in Colossae needed to clothe themselves, not with more clothing necessarily, or less clothing because it was too gaudy and stood out too much, but they needed to clothe themselves with the virtues that follow here in this text. Colossians 3, 12, Therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, our word, herestas, kindness, humility, meekness and long-suffering continuing to verse 13 bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another even as christ forgave you so you also must do notice here the emphasis that paul puts on this idea of christ and god forgiving us i don't think we can overemphasize that because as you read from the letter to those in ephesus and to those in Colossae, he's saying it over and over again this is not necessarily anything to do with our text or our idea of kindness, but Paul continually emphasizes that we mirror what Christ has done for us. We talked about that, I guess it was a few weeks ago now, in our lesson on forgiveness, our one-word study. Here we're talking about kindness, but the same thing is true, that we mirror what Christ has done, even with the idea of forgiveness here in verses 12 and 13. One of the spiritual garments that the Christian needs to wear is kindness. 
being helpful, doing good to others, being a helper or a benefactor. It's practicing what we generally call the golden rule. I mean, we understand that. We teach that again, even in our school systems, to everyone, not just those who walk in this door maybe and come into one of our Bible classes. It involves a wholesome attitude. It takes up our whole life. It's a good attitude and, and allows, allows us to help others. Now, what's interesting here is to think about two aspects. While kindness involves having the right attitude, it is an action of love. Or it is an action that arises from a sense of love. It arises from a way of having compassion, a desire to be Christ-like. Listen to this list. A note of encouragement, a phone call, a text, an email, offers of help, and many other avenues that I would add into the notes here, many other avenues with which we use at the Saudi Church of Christ, all of these are illustrations of kindness. I don't know how many of you had an opportunity already to see uh, AB's obituary. I was looking at, at Gabby, their website, and, and saw it on there, was reading through it. But the family chose to include in there a note of thanks to the Saudi Church of Christ. It's not by accident. I don't think that's just a note of kindness. I think it reflects the way this congregation through the years, through good or bad, through many years, for, for that family altogether, AB and all, that there have been acts of kindness through all of it through the many different avenues that we choose. Again, phone calls, texts, food, whatever it may be that we choose to do here, all of those things come into this idea of our love showing forth through the kind actions that we take. But think with me secondly for just a moment that sometimes our kindness occurs through confrontation. Now again, we talked about this last Sunday morning, so we don't want to spend too much time on it, but the story is included here in the lesson that years ago, this, the writer of this, uh, this devotional says, years ago, a friend who had toured the Bible lands told me about seeing a shepherd throw a rock, hitting one of the sheep on the head. That was not kind, was the immediate comment made to the guide. And quickly the guide replied, but it was kind. That sheep was about to wander onto the road where it would have been hit by the bus that just passed us. We forget that sometimes when it comes to confrontation. As we said last week in talking about that, we have to offer grace and rebuke, and there is a need for confrontation sometimes even when we don't like it. But sometimes that kindness is shown by the willingness to say, there's a problem here. If you've ever done something like that, maybe you grabbed someone and pulled them away from something. They turn around, hey, what are you doing? Why would you grab me like that? Well, you were fixing to whatever. Do something that would cause pain for you. Sorry, I caused you pain, but it was out of kindness and even a little bit of confrontation from time to time that allows us to show our love and our kindness. Kindness does not always mean the absence of conflict in a relationship. As we strive to lovingly and compassionately help others, to overcome that which is wrong in their lives, we show kindness. I said that last week in the point there on grace and rebuke. We can show grace in rebuke in the way we say things, but sometimes the, the grace is in simply the fact that we're willing to do it and go through with it, and that is true. As we think about Paul's words here again in Colossians 3, as the elect of God dress up, as the elect of God put on, and he gives us this list here, loving kindness, or uh, tender mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. 
We need to dress up sometimes, not in the hypocritical sense, but in the sense that we can show others what it means to be the elect of God. And then finally this evening, Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. We talked about this in the adult classroom one for a few moments this morning. We didn't get through all of them, but we began the discussion. As kindness is a part of God's nature, it is clearly identified as being a part of our nature if we are a faithful Christian. William Barclay said it this way, kindness is the virtue of a man whose neighbor's well-being is as important to him as his own. Again, William Barclay, kindness is the virtue of a man whose neighbor's well-being is as important to him as his own. Kindness is a virtue that is typically universally admired. We do see a lot of negative things on the news, but maybe you can catch a lot of times, maybe towards the end of the broadcast, they'll throw in a few kind things. I know there's at least one of the local channels that sometimes offers money, you know, to, for someone who is a kind person doing kind things. It is typically admired among people. But the special mark of a Christian, the special mark that distinguishes Christian kindness is its continuation, even when it is not wanted, even when it is not appreciated, and even sometimes, and a lot of times, even when it is not returned. That's the mark of a Christian. That's true Christian kindness. That's the kindness that reflects the kindness of Christ that he hung there on the cross, even as they spat upon him and reviled him, even with the fact that he could have called 10,000 angels to come down, he didn't do it. Sometimes we wish we could call 10,000 angels to prevent a situation, to get back at someone for the way that they've treated us, but that's not kindness. The natural and expected thing is to be kind to your own and to return them favor for favor, but Jesus wants his disciples to do more than that. How can they tell we are a Christian by our love? We might tack on to there as well, by our desire and willingness to be kind even when others won't return it. Because God is kind, his people can also be kind. Bearing the fruit of the Spirit is a process, of course, where we set aside those old things. If you turned to Galatians 5, you recall that in verses 20 or 19, 20, and 21, there's a whole list there of things that we have to set aside. Paul says that the people who have those things, who practice these things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Doesn't seem to be any wiggle room in there much, does there? You have to put those things off, and bearing the fruit of the Spirit is that process. We set aside these old sinful ways, and we replace them with these character, stra- character traits that belong to a holy God, including kindness. Now again, depending on the version that you're looking at, you may not see the word kindness there. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, and then comes kindness in the new king james but you may have another word there but that's the word that we have been talking about we can be gentle we can show good conduct we can be kind a good number of years ago there was a a worthy statement that was said if you cannot be a pencil to write someone happiness try to be a nice eraser to remove someone's sadness again if you cannot be a pencil to write someone happiness Try to be an ice eraser to remove someone's sadness. Kind of an interesting way to simply think about being kind. Tonight, as we conclude our lesson, we think about our own kindness. Are you extending God's kindness, the one that was shown to you, the kindness that Christ showed to us? 
Are you showing that toward others? One final quote here, and we'll extend the Lord's invitation. The author Henry James, who wrote around the year 1900, said this. And I thought, you know, we could have said this at the beginning of the lesson and sat down about 20 minutes ago. But either way, this pretty much sums it up, all right? Three things in human life are important. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. The third is to be kind. Simple as that. Now, as we've talked about through the letters of Paul, there's all kinds of reasons behind it. There's the, the way that we exemplify what Christ did, but very simply, be kind. And as we extend the Lord's invitation, sometimes there is a tie-in where we really think about our sin, and other times maybe we need to ask ourselves simply if we've received the kindness of Christ, number one, in becoming a Christian, and then number two, if you are here tonight and you have done that, maybe you've not extended it toward others. It's easy sometimes, as we said, when folks are short with us, and ugly with us to then turn around and reciprocate that it's easy for us sometimes when we get stressed to not be kind but may we always strive for that in our life tonight as we are about to sing the song that's been selected maybe you need to become a christian and receive that kindness that mercy and grace through christ from god maybe you're here and you've done that you just recognize that you've not been kind Maybe it's not just kindness. Maybe there's something else that you've been struggling with. We sing to encourage you that you might make a change, that you don't have to leave worried about your position. If you were to leave this night and your life were to be required of you or the world were to end and Christ were to return, don't have to worry about that. You can become a Christian. You can repent of your sins. Maybe you need the prayers of this good congregation. We'd be willing to do that with you even now as we stand together and as we sing.